Pachemarel Cave, southwestern France, late Ice Age, 24,600 years ago. Fat lamps flicker in the darkness. Dark shadows ebb and flow across the rugged cave wall, deep below the bright realm above ground. The hunters huddle against the dank rock, gaze upward at the two black-spotted horses opposite them. The beasts face in opposite directions. The natural shape of the rock emphasizes the head of the right-hand animal as the soft, irregularly pulsating light gives an impression of movement. A shaman chants softly as he invokes the power of the horses that reside behind the wall. He thrusts with an ochre-tipped stick and imprints red dots on the two beasts, symbolic wounds from an imaginary hunt. The chanting rises to a crescendo. At least three people, perhaps both men and women, step forward, plant their hands on the rock by the horses, and blow black soot onto the wall. The supernatural power of the animals courses through their hands to validate their hunts. The hand imprints are still there, after nearly 25,000 years. This was a common practice, and occurs at other Ice Age sites. At Gargas Cave in the Pyrenees, generations of visitors, men, women, and children, even infants, left their hand impressions on the walls, some close to cracks filled with bone slivers. More than 200 hand impressions survive in one chamber alone. Red iron oxide or black manganese powder outlined the participants' hands, giving the impression that their hands had melted into the rock, into the supernatural realm. Pashmaro lies in a landscape of deep valleys and floodplains, where herds of wild horses grazed at the height of the last ice age. For generations, the hunters have lived alongside their harems and the stallions, walking close to the beasts in open sight, without a care on either side. They know many of the beasts by sight. Many even have given some of them names. At every season, young men lurk quietly in the shadows watching the animals as they feed or scrape with their hooves for dried grass under winter snow. They've watched their changing appearances in winter and summer, observed the movements of the local herds, seen matings and battles between competing stallions. Observing animals has taught the hunters much about poisonous plants and nature's pharmacopoeia. They know the horses as well as their fellow band members, and they always treat the animals with respect on account of their spiritual power. It is almost as if they were in love with their prey, and when they stalk them and move in for a kill, they butcher the dead animal with care and treat it with deference as a partner in the hunt. A speculative interpretation, to be sure, by judging from anthropological sources, it's almost certainly speculation with more than a grain of truth. There's not a hunting society on earth that does not treat its prey with respect. The Australian Aborigines have bewilderingly elaborate oral traditions surrounding animals of all kinds, real and mythic, which form an integral part of the dreaming, their cosmic vision of the landscape and human existence. The Cree hunters of Canada's northern forest believe that everyone has a spirit, as does everything in the world, be it an animal, a plant, rocks, even tents and their doorways. In addition to these individual spirits, some more important than others, some categories of beings, especially animals, also have spiritual identities, which are said to be master of them, 
say, caribou or moose. The same applies to humans. Some individuals have special powers, such as that of elders, who have acquired a lifetime of experience with animals in their environment. They sometimes have powers of divination, knowledge, and spiritual power that lead to success in the hunt. There can be little doubt that the symbolism behind the Ice Age paintings in French and Spanish caves reflects a powerful link between people and the animals they hunted. And such ties were not ones of domination. It's worth noting that the word animal has roots in the Latin word anima, or soul.